0: ho 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 welcome to the crack House Chronicles I am Donnie your host and with me is a man that learned everything he needs to know about dancing from the Charlie Brown Christmas party it's Dale you damn right that's my style right there, yeah Dave. everybody can dance on Charlie Brown hit <laughs> well,
1: Bob the twist that's about all I got I don't have much game on that uh, Dale don't
0: even dance when he's dancing
1: 3d Dale don't dance <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's right. Hey, Donnie, don't dance either. What's going on, dude?
1: Oh, man, I'm trying to recover.
0: You got the crud? I got the
1: crud, but at least I don't got the COVID. That's it. That's why we're a little bit behind, but it's all my fault. I've been laid up a little bit. That's all right. So I sound a little stuffy, so I still am. But we're going to get one out for you today. That's it.
0: And this is a Christmas episode. We're going to try to get this done today.
1: Yeah, we're trying to knock one out for you. We didn't want to leave you all hanging
0: that's it. We want to remind everybody to check out our social media, check out our Facebook, Instagram. I'm a little bit behind on posting that stuff, but we're going to get that up to date pretty pretty soon.
1: Yeah, it's my fault, too. Uh,
0: check out the website, the store page, get you a t-shirt, a mug, whatever, mask, whatever you need for social distancing. Just get you some stuff, Get you some merchandise.
1: We appreciate all you, all our... Uh, all her fans on the Instagram and all you girls and stuff popping in and checking on us and stuff, too. That's pretty cool of you.
0: And uh, Apple users, Apple podcast listeners. about orange people? Go on there and click that five-star button and give us a rate and review. All right, Donnie. You're on your damn two minutes. Maybe people will be bitching. Oh, yeah. I mean, I want mean, to I'm gonna, I'm gonna challenge everybody, to, all those Apple users, to click that five-star button.
1: Come on, click it.
0: Click it. It really does help move us to the top of the ratings. Huh? Yeah, because, hey, what we're
1: 167 in New Zealand. We're yeah. moving on up. Oh, yeah. we're
0: In foreign countries, we are kicking ass. <laughs> but we're doing pretty good in the United States. That's though. right. Yeah, we're doing really well. We're
1: trying to keep our spirits up. Huh? I mean, it, it has blown me away <coughs> the number
0: of listeners we got. Yeah, we love you guys. Yep. Appreciate it a bunch. All right, Dale, we're going to get into our episode, bud.
1: Yeah, let's do it, because I don't know how long
0: I'm going to last. <laughs> We are talking about a guy named Bruce Jeffrey Pardo, and he is from San Fernando Valley, California. California. Yep. It's the place you ought to be. Mm-hmm. Sleep on Christmas Eve. Exactly. And like I said, he was growing up in San Fernando Valley in the 1970s, and he was the son of an engineer. One of them fellers drives a train. No, this was somebody that designed stuff. He? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, his a little woo-woo, but not uh, that kind of woo-woo. <laughs> All right. But they said that Bruce had a pretty good knack for math. Yeah, he's a smart fellow. Yep. And after graduating from John H. Francis Polytechnic High School in Sun Valley, he went on to Cal State Northridge. Yep. And there he studied computer science. And everything I read, Dale, he loved being the center of attention. Yeah, sir. He, even at his Cal State graduation, he carried a life-size inflatable doll.
1: Everybody needs a date, I guess.
0: Yeah, I guess you do, yeah. And he went on to work at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory in La Cañada,
1: Flintridge. I guess that's what you call genuine rocket science. Isn't it?
0: I guess he is. So he's pretty smart. Yeah. Common sense, maybe not so much. But. And all of his friends and coworkers even <clears> said <throat> that he was exceptionally bright. Right. And he landed a job as a software engineer. But they said he wasn't the most industrious worker. No, he's smart, but he didn't really like working. He was, he was quite lazy. <laughs> he even um, tried to hack into the system once, and he actually did hack in and was able to pull up uh, co-workers' salaries and different information on his co-workers.
1: Yeah, don't you think he'd be a little more ambitious if he was going to hack in to find something else? Or? Because he just wondered.
0: Yeah, find out how much everybody else was making? Yeah, before you get fired. He would also seem just to disappear from work. Yep. And go on trips and come back. Especially if you had a little of snow. Yeah. And come back with a tan line. Yeah. Goggles around before it's been snowing on the slopes. Yeah. So yeah, he'd been he'd been doing some stuff. Now, in nineteen eighty eight when he was working at JPL, he was introduced to a female that worked there. Yep. And her name is Delia. Yep. But we have no idea what her last name is. Uh, Nothing. I think she uh, packed that up and run. Yeah, she sort of just fell off the face of the earth. She after, after everything we're going to get into, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she, I think she just disappeared. She's smart, exactly. But they they became engaged. Yeah, and they set up their wedding and they invited 250 guests to their wedding, and it was to be held at the San Fernando Mission. But Bruce didn't have much money. No, he was living home with mama. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: even though he was rocket scientists.
0: Yeah, and the the bride to be, she'd even dipped into her savings for a country club reception. Yeah, she wanted to pay for it, didn't she? And a honeymoon in Tahiti. So yeah, she was putting a bill for all this stuff. Yeah. And on the day of the wedding, which was set for June seventeenth, nineteen eighty nine, his fiance Delia as well as his brother Brad and his mother Nancy, they waited for nearly an hour for Bruce to show up. Guess <laughs> what? Right. He never showed up. He never showed up. And the next week, uh, his fiance Delia learned that he had withdrawn $3,000 that was left in her their credit union account. Where'd he go? He went to Palm Springs. Yep.
1: Man, what a guy. Yeah. So he went on a little vacation by himself because he didn't really want to get married. No, uh-uh. Cause she, and it's kind of funny because when when he came back, you know, she, she said, Well, he come back. He was tan. He was looking good. <laughs> yeah. Turns turns out he went to Palm Springs and blew all my money. <laughs>
0: exactly. Good Lord. Mm-hmm. But everybody said, you know, describe Bruce as like a big kid, goofy, and lovable. Yeah. Big kid. Yeah. And we're going to find out a lot of ways that he was. Said he was. Um, very, very intelligent, but lacked common sense. By 2001, Bruce was 37, and he seemed to be finally settling down. And he was living in Woodland Hills with his girlfriend, whose name was Elena Lucano. And they had a 13-month-old son named Bruce Matthew. Bruce, Matthews. But they called him Matthew. Yep. And, uh, Dale, I read that an interview with Elena, that she said that at the time of this relationship that they were just in an on and off again relationship it wasn't really serious and it wasn't like marriage was anytime soon but they did have a kid together right and a week after new years Bruce was watching Matthew because Elena had to go shopping yeah this was on a Saturday afternoon right so what I guess she just took him over there or whatever yeah we don't know that well she was he was watching Matthew right and Bruce was in the house watching television when Matthew, like we said, he was only 13 months old. He got out of his sight. Well,
1: he wasn't on TV.
0: No. <laughs> um, yeah, he wasn't between Bruce and the TV, so right. he, couldn't, he couldn't see him. But he ended up in the backyard, and he fell into the swimming pool. Yep. Not good. Yeah, it wasn't good at all. And when Elena returned home, she found Bruce. Holding Matthew and screaming with him in his arms. Yeah,
1: yeah. He didn't. He didn't drown, but he had been in the pool for a while.
0: Yeah, and they took him to the hospital. They eventually airlifted him to Los Angeles, where he was in critical care for a long time.
1: Yeah. Even Bruce stayed by his bed for like a week. Yeah, because he was just so tore about it. Yeah,
0: but Matthew did survive. But he had a lot of complications. Yep. Uh, they told him that um, he was going to be severely brain damaged and a paraplegic.
1: Right. Yeah, and Bruce, he didn't want to. He didn't want to deal with that, did he?
0: No. Uh-uh.
1: So it makes you think. Did, was he hanging around hoping that he didn't die so he don't get a murder rap, or are he just waiting to see what the results were?
0: You know, I never thought about that. And it never crossed my mind.
1: You know, I mean, I don't know if, I'm sure it was ruled accident, but it it could have not have been. I mean, that's that's awful young kid to let it out of your sight. Yeah. Especially if you got a pool and he has access. Mm -hmm. I mean, what they leave the back door open too, you know? I mean, I don't know. Kind of picture in your head, you know, they got what, like a sliding glass door to go out to the pool or something. I mean, I don't know. I hadn't seen any photos, but that's just the picture you get in your head and it looks like walk walk right out the door and follow him.
0: Yeah. I mean, they don't have a, a gate around her pool, or something.
1: Well, they might have had a gate on outside on the yard, but if it, the gate was hooked to the house on each side, you know, you, you go some, out straight out of the house straight, into the pool. Yeah, fold. then it wouldn't be a gate. Yeah, that's true. But anyway, however, however it happened to happen.
0: Yep. And less than six months later, Bruce and Elena ended their relationship, and Bruce even stopped visiting his son. Yeah, he was out. Yep. And Bruce also neglected to contribute to Matthew's. Uh, medical costs which at the time uh, surged up to $340,000 within the first year so that's, that's a lot of cash
1: it is yeah he just he just ran never went back
0: but they uh she did sue bruce on his hundred thousand dollar homeowner's insurance policy and they did, she did get that money well that's the drop in the bucket that's just that's not even i mean a,
1: it's nice to get but
0: yeah yeah, that's, that's that's really sad. But yeah, Bruce just completely walked out of his life. Yep. All right, moving just a little bit ahead. In 2004, Bruce met a woman by the name of Sylvia Orza, and they were introduced by her brother-in-law, and which was one of Bruce's coworkers at Jet Propulsion Laboratories. Yes. And Sylvia was 40, and she had three children from a previous marriage.
1: Marriages. Oh, yeah. I think one child was from one, and two was from the other. And I don't know which is which. Okay.
0: <clears throat> I think one of them...
1: There's basically two previous relationships. She yeah, had three, three, three yeah. children. Easy for me
0: to say. Yeah. But um, Bruce's friends thought that she, she was just what he needed. Yeah. She was a down-to-earth woman with a large family. A large family. And settled Bruce down a little bit. And they were married on January the 29th, 2006... And Bruce bought a three-bedroom house, which was valued at the time of $565,000 Ooh. in Montrose, California. And taking on a $452,000 mortgage. Ooh,
1: that's a nice one. But I think at this time, he was making about one hundred and twenty grand a year. So Yeah. But that's still a big mortgage to me. It scares me to death. Yeah, It's a big numbers.
0: And they also had a dog, which was an Akita, that they named Saki. Saki. And that's not a cheap dog either. No. Mm-mm. And Bruce was a regular usher for Sunday Mass at the Holy Redeemer Catholic Church, which was just a few blocks away.
1: Right. So you seem like everything's going really great right now. hmm Big family, big house, hanging out at the church.
0: Yep. Living the life. Yeah. At first, Bruce was he was kind of drawn to his wife's warm and welcoming family. Mm-hmm. He just took him on pretty good. But after the first year of marriage, she told friends that he'd become cold and kind of distant
1: miles early, yeah. and
0: they fussed a lot about money right imagine that and we're going to talk about money a little bit later
1: yeah because he kind of done her dirty anyway yeah this money thing because because you know when they first got together and stuff they didn't want to have a a, a joint account and basically he told her that she could use her money for her kids. <laughs> you know, he, he, I guess he bought the house or was paying for the house, but basically, I don't know, it's kind of weird. Was like, she was
0: going to have to support her kids. Yeah, then other three
1: kids. And them, That's on you.
0: Yeah, he wasn't going to have nothing to do with that.
1: Which is weird to me. Yeah. And I can't believe that even she... She must have not known this before they got married. Or she would, they would have never got married. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of weird. But then, you know, later, I think when... Uh, his mom was over visiting because she was quite fond of Sylvia, you know. She uh, told her about the disabled son. Yeah. And see, she didn't know anything about she that She clue. Right. And uh, she also let it slip that uh, he always claimed him as a tax deduction, even though he didn't ever support him and walked out on him.
0: So He had, he had actually claimed him for seven years. Yeah.
1: So I'm assuming that's why he didn't want to join the are one of the reasons
0: yeah she'd find all that out
1: right now you know i don't know if that's true but that's the way i that's the I, way i'm reading
0: it yeah i would think that would be too yeah and because of this and sylvia and bruce separated yeah which was yeah. a pretty big deal i mean find out he had another life and a kid that she he didn't she didn't even know nothing about
1: she probably had all kind of stuff going through her head you know like well he's, this, been, he's been watching my kids and I mean, hell. Like, yeah, I don't know. He just probably have a lot of stuff go through his mind. He's lying to me. He's been watching my kids. He didn't really watch his own kid.
0: Mm-hmm. He's a deadbeat dad. <laughs> yeah. And they were separated on March the seventh, two thousand eight. And Sylvia asked Bruce if she could stay in the home while her daughter finished the last few months of kindergarten, but Bruce moved her belongings into the driveway
1: yeah well that was a birthday party man
0: oh that's that's that's
1: sick yeah i was like what the hell so we went to her niece's birthday party come back and everything's in the yard yeah so i wonder if he told her yeah and then when he
0: goes back and all her
1: stuff's laid out in the driveway right so she went ahead and filed for divorce moved in with her sister out in glendale good for her yeah
0: and in april bruce hired uh stanley silver he was a san fernando valley attorney and said he was hoping for a, re- a reconciliation. And he even called Sylvia's attorney, Scott Nord, but was told her mind was made up. She I mean, come on.
1: through threw my shit in the yard. Yeah. He <laughs> didn't really think I was going to say, oh, it's okay.
0: Yeah. And, oh, you have a kid, but that's all right. Yeah. As that long as you get none. that
1: tax money. Yeah. Thumbs up, buddy. Get that deduction.
0: <laughs> yeah. She wouldn't have nothing to do with that. No. Because I think Sylvia came from a pretty good family. Yeah. She was very tight-knit with her family.
1: Yep. Yeah. Good people seem to be.
0: Bruce had left JPL, and he was working as an engineer for ITT Radar Systems in Van Nuys as a defense contractor, earning one hundred twenty-two thousand a year. Well,
1: oh, so here's where he's making the money. So I was, I'm sorry, I was mistaken on that. And I was, uh, I was uh, talking about the
0: wrong job. Okay, a little
1: earlier. Sorry about that.
0: And Sylvia was making about <clears throat> about thirty-one thousand a year, and she was an administrative assistant at El Monte Flower Company. Which what means she worked in the office? Pretty much. And on June eighteenth, two thousand eight, a Burbank judge ordered Pardo to pay seventeen hundred dollars a month for spousal support. Seventeen eighty five, sir. Oh well, eighty five. <laughs> seventeen eighty five. But Bruce's first check bounced and he stopped payment on the rest of the checks. Yeah, what a guy. Yeah. This lovely. And about this time, Bruce had started his own plan.
1: Yeah, this is in June, right? Somewhere around in there. Yep.
0: Yeah, and on June the thirteenth, he had driven to Burbank and walked into a store called Gun World. Wonder what they sell. Guns. <laughs> and a small it was a small shop under a blue awning and and paid nine hundred and ninety nine dollars and ninety five cents cash for a nine millimeter handgun
1: it was a little pricey to me but i guess at the time where it was and then uh the, that year
0: yeah and that yeah he paying for that high rent district right in there burbank yeah six auger yep they ain't cheap either way but that's good anyway now on july the 31st of this same year bruce was fired for billing fraudulent hours yeah he they let him go
1: yeah, I guess under that uh, that contract job, you keep up with your own hours, and he was turned in just a few, few too many, I
0: believe. I guess so. And he thought he could apply for unemployment compensation. I mean, you know, if you're fired, well, if you're let go for, you know, like there's no work or, you know, your business closes down, right. yeah, you can get unemployment, but when you're fired, no. Well, I'm going to tell
1: you, if you're making $122,000 a year and then you're going to go to unemployment, you're going to be sad and mistaken for the little check you're going to get yeah, if you even got one. It's
0: going to be pitiful. <laughs> yeah. On, now, on August 8th, Bruce went back into gun world, It's a month later, and bought another 9 millimeter handgun. And California law only permits sales of concealable firearms to one per customer every 30 days.
1: So he was waiting every 30 days because he had to. Yep. Right.
0: And a month later on September the 8th, Bruce bought a third from the same store.
1: And then a fourth and then a fifth. Yep. All the way through October to November.
0: Yeah. Exactly a month later.
1: So it's kind of weird. He kept buying. Why would he, why do you think he was buying?
0: Buying the same gun. Yeah. Kind of gun.
1: I mean, I can get if you want one or two. So if you want to be a double fister or whatever, but why do you need five? You can just buy
0: clips. Yeah. I don't know. Of course, I'm not. I'm not Bruce. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why he was thinking that.
1: Maybe they were just. Maybe they were selling him guns because it was thousand dollars a piece.
0: Yeah. So apparently he had some money. He had some stuff, some stash somewhere. Yeah. And we're just gonna back up to this same year, Dale, September the eighth. This is when um, he called a neighbor of his. Her name was Jerry Dioti. And she was owner of Jerry's costumes. That's J E R I. Yeah, female. Yeah, Lady Jerry. And he ordered a Santa Claus outfit. Custom. Say, yeah, custom. And it was said he wanted it extra large and roomy. And he was said he was ordering it for a children's party. Right. And he dropped off a two hundred dollar deposit and promised to return in November to pick it up right
1: but it had to be custom made so he, she, she ran stuff but he didn't have any she didn't have anything big enough for him
0: and we'll remind everybody that Bruce was a big guy yeah, he's what six, four, six, yeah. Five, 270 yeah. yeah, big dude but during all this time <clears throat> Bruce was applying for jobs and you know in his field of the high-tech industry and you know his field of work uh, but only a few companies were hiring right and because of his financial troubles the judge, hearing their divorce case, agreed to suspend his support payments.
1: Right. Now, this is about when the financial crash happened, wasn't it? It was. The housing market or bubble mm-hmm. or whatever you call it. So those big jobs were hard to find. The yep. Big paying jobs, I guess I should say.
0: Yep. And it was about this time, too, he had a high school friend. His name was Steve Irwin. And not the, Cracky. Not the crocodile that huh. he guy. But the, <laughs> the, he was a high school friend of his and Irwin and his wife they had six children they lived in Iowa and him and Bruce hadn't been in touch for several years and he even invited Bruce to Iowa in October to help celebrate his 45th birthday right that was awful nice it, it was and when Bruce arrived he told Irwin about the divorce and that he'd been sitting home thinking about everything but Bruce seemed embarrassed that his personal life including his firing and finances was on public display in divorce court right and his uh, brother uh, his best friend steve even told bruce you know that he and his mother were barely speaking and she said it's sylvia's family's divorce hearings yeah
1: that uh, probably really bothered him didn't oh yeah it? you know it had to his, be a, his mother took their side yeah it had to be a after she already had told on him about, <laughs> about the about matthew bruce matthew yeah
0: and his mama was on their side. Yeah. Yeah, that ain't good at all. You know it had to be a thorn in the side. Yeah,
1: even though she's right.
0: Now, while he was in Iowa, Bruce seemed to enjoy his best friend Steve's children. He helped them with their algebra homework, gave them change from his pockets, and when he left town, he left seven $1 bills under Steve Irwin's nine-year-old son's pillow. Big spender, bud. Yeah, nine bucks. Didn't I mean, even take a tooth, did he? Seven bucks. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Now, Bruce even stopped by a gun shop while he was in Iowa. Yeah, I think he had an idea. And he bought 16 handgun magazines. 16. Yeah, and they would hold 18 bullets, and eight, which was eight more allowed in magazines sold in California. Yeah,
1: California's got a 10-bullet limit.
0: Yeah, so he got these in Iowa. Good Lord, that's a, that's a lot of 10 That's a lot of ammo. Now, he returned to California, and he went to pick up his Santa outfit from... Uh, his neighbor Jerry. Yep. And most of her customers rented costumes. Like we said, Bruce was six four. you go six four. Really? Yep. And he had to have his costume with extra room in it, which we're going to talk about.
1: Yeah. And he had it custom made that way. Yeah.
0: Little extra room. And when he picked up the suit, he paid the hundred dollars remaining on his bill and tipped her twenty bucks. Twenty bucks. And the kid only got seven under his bill. <laughs> yep. Uh, his plan was sorta of coming together. Yeah, Bruce had had a plan. Yeah. He had five handguns in a room at home and a DeWalt air compressor and a 50-foot hose and a tank of high-octane fuel in his backyard shed. Which we talk about high-octane, we're talking about racing gasoline. Right. Now, a week before Christmas, in a hearing room on the second floor of the Burbank Courthouse, the marriage of Bruce Pardo and Sylvia Orzo was officially terminated. And the cause was irreconcilable differences. And Bruce agreed to pay Sylvia ten thousand dollars. She got to keep the diamond engagement ring, which was a pretty big rock, I think. And she got to keep the Kita Saki. Yep. So she got the dog and the ring in the and the ten grand. He got ten. the house. Yep. Now the next day after the divorce, uh, this the Friday it was uh, actually the Friday before Christmas. Bruce walked into a Montrose travel agency price a plane ticket to visit Irwin's family back in Iowa. He returned to the agency on Monday and paid $650 cash for a round-trip ticket to Moline, Illinois. Right.
1: Which was the closest airport to their house.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, that makes sense. And he would part, He actually he would depart at 1220 a.m. on Christmas Day and return two weeks later.
1: So I guess he was going to go spend Christmas with them since basically his, yeah. he, he didn't
0: family. Yep. All right. In the week before Christmas, he rented a Dodge Caliber from Budget and a silver Toyota RAV4 from rent a And he packed the Toyota with maps of the southwestern United States and Mexico. He put water and food, clothing, and a can of gasoline and a laptop. And a desktop. And a desktop computer, yeah, that's right. What the hell?
1: So that all of a sudden seems like stuff is all going south
0: Yeah. to me. Now on Christmas Eve... He drove the Toyota to Glendale and parked it near the home of Nord. Which is his wife's attorney. Yes. Yeah. His ex-wife's attorney. Oh, yeah. Excuse me. And investigators theorized that Pardo planned to drive the Dodge to Nord's house after about what's about to happen. Yeah. And we're going to get into that, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, at 6 p.m., Bruce called Irwin. That's his buddy in Iowa and his wife. But Bruce sounded down. And he said he'd see him the next day. And sometime that evening, Bruce got in some cocaine.
1: So I'm guessing this is Christmas Eve, right? Yes, okay. it's Christmas Eve. Trying to keep up here.
0: Now, later that night, a guy named Bone Garcia, yes, that's the name, <laughs> Bruce, he was Bruce's next door neighbor. He stepped on his front porch with his nephew to smoke a cigarette. And Bruce walked by and greeted him, saying he was off to a Christmas party. Yep. Mm hmm. And just same as always, Garcia said he didn't seem like he was mad or anything. He seemed like he was just Bruce. Yep. But Garcia noticed something odd. He said his neighbor left his black Cadillac Escalade and his white Hummer in the driveway and got into a a blue Dodge parked
1: on the street. Okay, so he's leaving his own cars at home and he's jumping in that rental car. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, he has an Escalade and a Hummer and he's got filing for unemployment. (laughs) Yeah, makes no sense.
1: He trying to get that three hundred dollar check.
0: Yeah. Now about ten p.m., Bruce's younger brother Brad pulled up to the Montrose house. They'd arranged to go to a friend's holiday party, but Bruce wasn't home. And later on, Bruce was a no-show at the Holy Redeemer Catholic Church. Now, with something we failed to get into, this he had actually signed up to be an usher for midnight mass. So
1: he's telling a lot of people a lot of different things. What it sounds like to me, yeah. So just everybody thinks everything's hunky dory.
0: Mm-hmm. At approximately eleven thirty PM, Bruce was dressed in a Santa Claus outfit. Yeah, and the one he even had the custom made. Yep. Yeah. And he knocked on the door of his former in laws' house. This was Sylvia's parents. Right, and it was a
1: party, and they always had a big Christmas party every year and there's about twenty five people there, all family.
0: Yep. And he had some uh what looked like uh packages wrapped up. Yeah, one was really big. Yep. And well, it's. Had his suit on and everything, so he was playing the part. Yep, so he knocks on the door. And the eight-year-old niece of his, former eight-year-old niece of his, this was Sylvia's sister's daughter. Katrina. Katrina Yusuf-Polsky. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, her mother was Leticia Yusuf-Polsky. And like I said, she was the sister of Sylvia. Right. She ran to meet Santa Claus.
1: Oh, yeah, you don't you know she was just ecstatic?
0: Eight-year-old? Oh, Yeah. yeah.
1: Somebody knocks on the door, open it up, and there's Santa with a package.
0: And when she opened the door, Santa pulls out a 9 millimeter and shoots her right in the face. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, his his own niece. Ooh, Yeah.
1: Okay, spoiler, she lives, so everybody yeah, calm she, down.
0: She actually does. It's been reported that right as the trigger was pulled, she turned her face, and the bullet just caught part of her face. Right.
1: Still shot her, but it didn't
0: kill her. So No, she survived. Thank, thank goodness for that. Yeah, she did survive. He then uh, he got to fire and just... So he just started shooting. Uh, just started shooting. Uh, Everybody's running everywhere.
1: So you know he's got five, at least five handguns. I, don't, I guess he had them all on him.
0: Yeah, they were packed in his Santa suit. Yeah, his extras. People were hiding under the ta- kitchen table. Uh, kids were in the back, I think, playing video games. Mm-hmm. And they come
1: out. People diving under tables, under furniture, jumping out windows. And well, You can imagine you've been there partying all day at a at a party that you're you're used to going to, you know, all mm-hmm. day, you know, and it's about to wind down. Everybody's feeling good, ready to go home. It's Christmas Eve. It's almost Christmas. Door opens, Santa walks in, and <laughs> just starts shooting. Yeah. Mm.
0: And they said some of the victims looked like they'd been shot execution style.
1: Yeah, like he just walked. Like the ones probably that dove down or tried to hide under a coffee table or something. He just walked right over them and shot them in the head. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Crazy, man.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, I, what, I guess he just shot until he ran out of bullets. Or he just got tired of shooting. Got tired of shooting. And then he went to open his Christmas present. Yeah, he had his,
0: He had a big present. It was on, like, on a little dolly or something. Yeah. And this was a – it's been described as a flamethrower. Yeah, homemade flamethrower. Yeah, but it, I've seen pictures of it, and you've seen pictures of it. And, and
1: we'll post pictures of it.
0: And it looks like a, a modified air compressor with some kind of – Another compressor tank attached to it.
1: Yeah, it looks like a like an air compressor tank minus the motor, and where the the motor would be is another like a fuel tank. And they're... I don't know, I'm not if they're welded together or what, but it's 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 really strange looking contraption.
0: It looks like the the tank on top of us were the accelerant. He had racing fuel in this thing. Yeah, that we just mentioned.
1: So I'm assuming he was pumping air into that tank, which would squirt it out, force it out. Yeah,
0: yeah. So he started. Spraying high octane yeah. racing fuel into the house, right? But it didn't go as planned,
1: right? Now, whether he was attempting to use this as a flamethrower or if he was using this just to spray the the racing fuel all over the house rather quickly is, is
0: and then is it set it a fire,
1: still to be determined. But it didn't matter; it didn't work out the way he he planned,
0: Mm-mm. because they said they had. A couple open flames. They had a couple fireplaces with gas logs or something.
1: Fireplaces, I think. Two fireplaces were going, I think is what they say. It was a pretty large house.
0: Yeah. And just the spark from from that with the fumes yeah. ignited it.
1: Especially if you spray it. You know, because all the fumes in that high octane is going to yeah. burn hot.
0: And just a note about racing fuel, it burns clear. It doesn't have a flame to it. You don't see the flame.
1: Hmm. The it's old a fire and doesn't know it. It's a very hot flame. Right. So now with the house on fire, burning everywhere, people was running, jumping. What? Uh, I think one girl got shot in the back, but she she survived, right? Yes. There was there wasn't many. I think a uh, nine total were killed.
0: And the rest of them were able to get out, but they Fucking had injuries confused. and stuff. A Sixteen year
1: old girl was shot in the back. No, she was shot and wounded. Yeah, shot in the back, but she she survived. And a twenty year old woman jumped out of a second story window and broke her ankle, but. I guess that's a lot better than the alternative. You got that right. Right, and I think total there were nine people died in total out of twenty five.
0: And they had to actually identify some of those nine with uh, dental records. a lot of them, yeah. Yeah, they couldn't tell if they died from gunshot or fire. Right, that's and how bad it was. The fire
1: was so bad it was blazing forty to fifty feet in the air and took uh, eighty firefighters, eighty firefighters, over an hour and a half to get it out. Yeah, it was burning so hot. We'll post pictures of the house. It's pretty devastating. Yep.
0: And but Bruce didn't escape too well either. No, nope. during all this fire, I mean, it happened so quick, his Santa suit caught on fire.
1: Yeah, I think his plan was to soak it down good and then set it on fire and leave.
0: Yeah, get out,
1: but mm-hmm. it didn't work out that
0: way. Some of these people that were able to get out were able to call 911.
1: Yeah, even uh, what was her name? Uh, Katrina's mother, Letitia. Yeah, even Leticia had, she had seen Katrina stumbling out the front door. You know, the, excuse me, the little girl that was uh, shot in the face. So she knew she made it out, so she ran and grabbed her, and they went
0: to a neighbor's house. Yeah. But we've got that 911 call right here. Okay, yeah, let's check it out. All right.
1: Covina 911? Um, yes, I'm on North Price Avenue. Uh-huh. I'm a homicidal guide, and he shot my little cousin right now.
0: Okay, is there, can you tell if there's anybody injured? Because we have fire department and officers en route.
1: Hello? right
0: can't imagine, Dale. Man, I'm telling you. I mean, the, the flames going up there and seeing. You know your whole family's in that house. Yeah. Whole family. Everybody's getting burned up. Shot. Yep. So, mm. But they even described, uh, they knew who it was. Oh, yeah. They said it was Bruce Pardo. yeah
1: Somebody, somebody, I think, hollered out even when it was going on and said, it's Bruce, it's Bruce. And you can hear on the 911 there, that she told them exactly who it was. Yeah. So he wasn't getting away with it. No and they even told a
0: 911 operator that uh, they just went through a divorce. Yep. So they knew all about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, like we said, Bruce suffered some injury. Yeah. His Santa suit caught on fire, and he actually had some of the Santa suit melted to him Yeah, into his arms.
1: Oh, my God.
0: You can't, I can't even imagine.
1: No, it would be like holding a piece of plastic, you know, how it drips and it would drip all over you and just melt into your arm, making it... God, Basically did, one piece. I can't imagine.
0: But just after the attack, Bruce was able to put on his street clothes. you
1: think he did put on street clothes or you think he
0: just had them on underneath the Santa suit? He probably just had them on underneath it, but the reports say that he put on his street clothes.
1: Right. right? Yeah, that's what I read, too. But I think it's probably more – well, yeah, he probably just – hell i don't know the other oh, thing he didn't right go in into a dressing room. room and change right and yeah it. i mean he didn't go hold on i got my bag and changed his clothes but anyway go i
0: ahead. think he would probably a the suit
1: <laughs> yeah yeah now and, he might have had a jacket or something but
0: But yeah. um uh, he got into his dodge caliber rental car and drove to his brother's house in silmar which is about 30 miles away he, i think
1: this is where his whole plan went awry i mean well <laughs> when his ass caught on fire when it went around, But, you know, I don't think this was the original plan for him to to drive back to his brother's house. No. Uh, I think originally he was uh, – I guess we can go ahead and get into a little what we think, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think he was going to drive over to that lawyer's house and go in and kill them, mm-hmm. maybe the family, maybe just the lawyer, I don't know. And I think he was going to trade vehicles and get into that one with all the stuff in the, the other uh, rental car with all the s- southern, southeastern or whatever, southwestern mm-hmm. – Stuff in the computers and then take it and go a different way to try to get away. To throw him off. Yeah. And I don't know if he was even going to fly, you know, because they kept saying uh, they thought he was going to Canada, but he just bought a, a ticket on Air Canada, but it was the one that we said before when he was going to Illinois. Yeah. So I think maybe that was just to throw him off and he was going to take that car and try to run to Mexico. I think so too. But it didn't work out. It.
0: No. And just a back note too, um, it was believed. Well, Bruce believed that uh, his mother was going to be at that party. Oh, yeah. Yep. Because, you know, she was still good friends with all those. She was invited. She was supposed to be there. Yeah. Yeah, And something happened. She didn't get to go. She fell ill that night.
1: Luckily for her, she got sick. Yeah. And didn't go.
0: Yeah. But he actually thought that she was going to be there, and he was going to kill her, too. He was going to
1: kill her, too. Yep. And all that was from where they had found, like, Hit List or whatever stuff, when they searched his place later on, but.
0: But like we said, Bruce went to his brother's house, and that's where his plan went awry. Mm-hmm. And this is where Bruce um, took his own life. Yep, walked he
1: in, sat on the couch, and
0: put a gun in his mouth and blew top of his head out.
1: Yeah, he was burned up pretty bad, so I think he didn't really have a choice. He couldn't. Mm-hmm. He couldn't go to the airport if he wanted to fly, because you yeah, know we, was, we we looked at the autopsy report and it's it's pretty bad. Yeah, his his left arm was burned up really severely. It was a second and third degree burns and. It had to be pretty awful.
0: And just another note, too, when uh, police found Bruce, he had $17,000 in cash cling-wrapped to his leg. And in his girdle. (laughs) He was wearing a girdle, yeah. So he's still having money. (laughs) Yeah. Now, his rental car, like we said, was parked one block from his brother's house, and it had been rigged with remnants of his Santa suit. And that would detonate the car with black powder if it been if it was removed or if it was touched. Yeah. And they so I guess uh, he
1: done all that after he got back when he's already burned up. He was still figured he was going to take a few more.
0: He was still on a rampage. Yeah. And uh, police also recovered from the scene there were 13 uh, round capacity handguns that were empty and at least two hundred rounds of ammunition, Damn. suggesting that. What had been inside the car was being treated as a threat, and the bomb squad fired an incinerary device into it, burning and destroying it. And at Bruce's house in Montrose, the police had recovered five empty boxes of semi automatic handguns.
1: Yeah, said so his house is basically of a, a, a virtual bomb factory. He'd been planning this, you remember, since June. Yeah. If you think about it. So, so. He can say what he wanted, but since June, when he started buying guns... He
0: when he went out to Iowa to see his
1: friend. Yep, he started planning this. Yep. When he bought his first gun.
0: Yep. Now, the police speculate that the motive of the attack was related to marital problems. And Bruce's wife of one year had settled for divorce in the prior week. And like I said, but Bruce had no criminal record or history of violence at all. Nope. But he like, but he had been fired. And I think he just didn't know how to manage his money, and he didn't know how to handle it. And then losing his wife and that income. And
1: yeah, and he wanted not be center of attention, and everybody liked his wife better than him, even his mama. Yeah, that's that was bad. Yeah. He didn't get the dog or nothing.
0: Mm-mm. But uh, the ones in the fire that lost their life was uh, Sylvia. His ex-wife. Yep. His uh, mother-in-law, Alicia Ortega. She was was 70. Yep. Joseph Ortega, he was 80. Charles Ortega, which is uh, his
1: Mm brother-in-law. Sherry Leon Ortega, which is his sister-in-law. James Ortega, another brother-in-law. Teresa Ortega, another sister-in-law. Alicia Ortega Ortiz, a sister-in-law. And Michael Andre Ortiz, which was his nephew and he died in a fire he wasn't shot but he, he died from the fire
0: and like I said we couldn't they couldn't tell if these some of these were gunshot or died in a fire right they just couldn't tell
1: some of them it was from both some of them was from one or the other so mm, it, was it was so was, bad yeah and I think Michael was like somewhere in the back or upstairs on a computer when all this happened so the fire pretty much got him he probably he never got back to where he was with the guns mm,
0: no man that'd be awful yep Now, just a little bit of pop culture, Polly Styrene, the lead singer of X-Ray Specs, recorded a song in 2010 called Black Christmas, and it contains references Hmm. to this uh, massacre. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. And the movie, uh, Silent Night, was partially based on this massacre, and the character tells of a story of a man who was wearing a Santa suit and used a homemade flamethrower to to attack at a christmas party huh. being attended by his ex-wife so yeah
1: that's pretty crazy it well is. i mean if you think about it which i never heard of this until we just we run across it to do it but this don't even sound real
0: <laughs> it really doesn't we <clears throat> and we've got pictures of all this stuff that we're going to post that it just it will just blow you away the the flames and the the devices he had and yeah, the cars that were blown up. It's amazing. Well, you know, can you imagine that little girl? I mean. But she made a full recovery, and I've seen pictures of her. You can't even tell. Right. You can't tell anything.
1: But don't you think, like, the next couple of years, she was hating Christmas come around? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, if you've seen the sounds somewhere, you just freak out. Cringe, yeah. My goodness. So, you know, that whole family, I guess, which they said now, you know, that they still – make sure that they go back and they have their traditions and they make the the mother's dishes and they still have the big party and try to make it as normal as possible they're not gonna let
0: him stop from them from having a Christmas party
1: and even uh his mother still still friends with the family
0: yeah
1: you know they could easily turn on her just because everything happened but but they knew it wasn't nothing to do with her
0: yep well, that's it. That is the story of Bruce Pardo.
1: So how about that for a Merry Christmas?
0: <laughs> the Santa Slayer. Ooh. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> yeah. That might be a good little nifty title.
1: Yeah. I like it.
0: I like it. Alrighty. All right, Dale, we're going to get out of here. We want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas, and Happy
1: Holidays, and all that stuff. And
0: we've got some big things coming up after the first of the year. We're going to start doing some more stuff. Yes. So just uh, stay tuned and like and subscribe.
1: Yes, please do, and hang out, and
0: have a good time. All right, we're going to get out of here. Let's roll. We want everyone to be safe, be careful, and always be aware of your surroundings.
1: Because the next episode could be about you. This is The The Crack House Chronicles. Chronicles.